Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. On Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadou, and I got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Ralph Beebe. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Ralph at the top of the hour. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more. In the meantime, I have got some great new music I know you're going to love, and some great new artists I can't wait to introduce you to. And of course... I aim to misbehave.
remember was being left at a stranger's home. Mother said, child, just like me, you're gonna have to make it on your own. At night the tears kept falling, and there would never ever be enough. No, 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 all her life, just one more cry.
buildings, wearing paper shoes. But it take a rocket up to Mars to get me over you. So I raise my last message and zip up my flight suit. And pray when I touch down, I'm someplace far away from you. Cigarette stuck to my lips My hand just dropped a bottle And my eyelids start to slip But don't worry about no bedroom fire I'm sleeping out on a bench It's the only place I can hide Long enough to get some rest Cause I spent near half a year Trying to chase you out my head Telling my friends it's the end I ain't ever gonna talk to her again But I'm saying hi, how are you? Every time you come around You know I got to get You know I got to get goodbye somehow Scratching my teeth and squeezing my skin So I blame myself, drive away So as hell can't bear to stay A race through the coaches and desert sunsets I don't know how I seen with cactus accents And when I finally get to the end of the road I'll slash my tires and make a home Start a new life just like that But if you call me up, baby You know I'll probably come back Suspending on a year trying to chase you out my head I've been telling my friends it's the end I'm never gonna talk to her again But I'm saying hi, how are you? Every time you turn around You know I got to give You know I got to get goodbye somehow Things. I got mean things on my mind. 
was running all on my mind Oh, cause I try and I try Oh, I just want to live it right Yeah I got mean things I got mean things running all around my brain Oh, I got mean things I got mean things running all around my brain Oh, cause I try and I try And it all just feels the same
Other men have tried to keep you satisfied, but they failed. Baby, you know I got the cure for what ails me. I guess there just aren't enough rocks.
what they want to do. And I got something to tell all of everybody, dig this. You're taking money from the poor in the name of the Lord. Just bought a Cadillac with cash and four doors. Telling people lies, claiming you've been blessed. But you ain't gonna see the light when you take your last breath. Shame, shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. But I'm 
you brought me today is worth one quarter portion.
here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Try it like this. Get your knee off my neck. Get your knee off my neck. Get your knee off my neck.
busted, I ain't got no place to go. Said I'm broken, I'm busted, I ain't got no place to go. I said I'm broken, I'm busted, I ain't got no place to go. Ain't it sad you're lonesome when you're out there on your own? Well, I went to my friend cause she gave me a place to stay. Said I asked my friend, cause she gave me a place to stay. Said I asked my friend, cause she gave me a place to stay. I just can't understand how she treated me this way. Someone else 
so I took my test And in me an application Four years later, twenty years in debt So I went to work like my father Who did his best And I donned his tattered blue collar Worked till my hands bled like the rest Come on now, mama, come on now, don't you cry Grass is gonna be greener on the other side Come on now, mama, don't you artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, 
Here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Ralph Beebe. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
was Ralph Beebe and the Elephant Collective from their brand new release. And uh, we have Ralph on the line right now. Hey, Ralph, how you doing? I'm all right, thanks, Richard. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now, this is the first time you're on our show, and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are, not only as an artist, but as a person. And the best way to do that is through your journey how you got to where you are today, both musically and personally in, in your career. So give us the story of Ralph Beebe. Wow, where to start? Um, so, uh, I mean, by some standards, I was a bit of a late starter. I didn't pick up a guitar until I was about 14, and um, and even then it was a bass. So some people would say I did it the wrong way around. Um, it was... Um, I, I think, you know, I'd always had a... A latent interest in music. I've, I've, I've been learning the piano for a couple of years before that, but um, um, you know, I, I, I don't know whether you, you, you found this, but I think there's like this 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 weird transition day when you're about thirteen, fourteen, maybe fifteen years old, and you go into school one day, and suddenly all the other boys have an electric guitar. And when, when did this happen? Why, why didn't I get the memo? <laughs> so you know, after a while, I thought, oh, well, I was, I'll play catch up. I'll. Um, um, I, I got myself a bass guitar, um, which, you know, was a smart move because it puts you in demand because everyone wants to be the lead guitarist. Nobody wants to be the bass player. Um, and so I spent a lot of time as a sideman. Um, I spent uh, well, a lot through lots of different bands. You know, at one point in my early 20s, I think I was playing about seven or eight different bands on and off. It was a very hectic schedule. Um, but uh, around 2011, I want to say, um, I joined a band called Cherry White, and um, uh, that that really was, um, you know, quite formative for me. Um, so I mostly played bass, bit of backing vocals, bit of keys, um, and you know, we we did a lot over the course of maybe seven, eight years. Um, we we kept ourselves busy. We 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 recorded albums. We we went and played um, everywhere we could. And, um, you know, around uh, 2015, 2016, we reached a bit of a peak um, before things started dropping off a bit. Um, and, um, you know, I felt like I learned a lot that way. But um, one of the things I also learned was that um, although there were a few of my songs which made it into the band's repertoire, uh, it became quite apparent that everyone found a lot of my writing a little bit too weird for um not necessarily for the rest of the bands they were quite open-minded um but um i i do remember our singer at the time saying to to one of my friends yeah i can always tell if ralph's written the song um there was always something weird about it and i think there was a part of me which thought no i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna let these um these songs go unheard I, I i will keep these back and do these under my own steam um you know and and you know it was fair enough a lot of it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a good fit for cherry white so uh, i think it was 2017 i um yeah about then i started looking at um at, at, at putting these songs on tape and um and it built up from there it um you know as as um as 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 cherry white began to to wane uh my solo project began to, to wax. Um, I got busy with, with my own stuff and I, I decided to sort of carve a path for myself as, um, I guess my, my, my music 
has always been very rooted in the blues. I've always had a, 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 a strong connection to that genre. Um, I think most of the bands I loved growing up were either blues or blues adjacent. Um, so it gave me a chance to um, look at emphasizing the aspects of the blues that, that I particularly liked, but also trying to, to bring something fresh and unusual to it. Because um, um, with with the best will in the world, um, and with so much love for the genre, um, a lot of the the, the, the cliches um, have become cliches for a reason. Um, and so, um, I've, I've 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 made it my my goal, my mission to to try and do something new and fresh with the blues. And if that takes it to some slightly darker and weirder places, then, um, well, so be it. Well, and I also agree with you on that. Um, I always believed that the blues was a living, breathing genre as opposed to a historical genre where you need to, you know, these are the rules. There are no rules. Um, the overriding um, rule that I've seen in the blues genre is innovation over imitation. You know where you know it's it's more innovative, so I'm I'm, gonna, I'm kind of a blues progressive. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I I I think what what you say is true because I've, I've I've seen this myself. There are so many artists out there who are who are doing um, I mean not 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 the same thing as me. We've all got our own styles, but they've got the same idea. They they are very. Um, they're very much in the mindset that the you know the blues can't just be like you say imitation it has to innovate um i think where the where the friction comes in is um is look looking online for example i see um i, I see two forces sort of pulling in opposite directions because um i i have literally seen comments under under posts from like guitar magazines and stuff you know we interview this illustrious blues guitarist and there'll be someone under there who will uh, uh, quoting verbatim i think when i say somebody posted the blues is a dead genre move on and i you know i wanted to shake this person by the shoulders and say it's not dead there's so much going on that you ought to hear before you write it off but then you go on to a like a, a you know blues fan group and there's there's a lot of people on there who are um who, who are posting things like you know i i may be old but i got to see stevie ray vaughan live and, and wasn't clapped and wonderful and at the same time they're often the same people who are who are listening to to new albums by people like you know jackie venson or samantha fish and going this is all right but it's not real blues is it and you just think you're part of the problem because if you don't let the blues progress then the guy on the other channel saying that the blues is a dead genre he wins um because if, if you if you if you if you cosset it with these rules about what isn't isn't real, you know if you're if you're going to dismiss something because it doesn't sound enough like Eric Clapton, then then you're you're just clinging on to this museum piece. And you've got to you've, you've got to let it fly. You've got to let it go out and try new things and make mistakes. Even you know try these misadventures with with different elements and um, and and. Just, just let it experiment. Let it be bold. Let it see what works. Um, it's. Uh, I, 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 I understand the desire to, 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 you know, to want to cling on to something that that you love. But then, you know, one of the real beauties of recorded music is if you don't like a new album that somebody's put out, you can go and put on the old one, or you can go back and put your Clapton records on, or whatever. Um, you know, 
you can't just accept it. And I, and I agree, too. I mean, you know, if you even go back further, you know, to Muddy Waters, I mean, if he was sitting at his kitchen table writing a song, I don't think the first thing in his head would be, is this going to be bluesy enough? I don't think he cared. They would <laughs> you know, writing songs that reflected their reality. Um, you know, music is a communication of the human condition. Um, you know, if you really think about it, if, if, you know, if you, if it was not for the blues, we'd all be dancing around to the polka. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So much. I mean, rock and roll wouldn't have existed if, 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 if we hadn't had the blues. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, all, all, all those innovators in the in the fifties and, and even a bit before that. You know, from you know from Chuck Berry right back to Rosetta Tharp. It was. Um, um, it was it was all about taking rhythm and blues and and, and making it brasher and louder and, um, and and that's you know it it, it owes so much to the blues and and, and you're right we'd um, we'd we'd modern music would not be the same without it. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, now um, let's talk a little bit about this new release of yours. Um, Every, you know, every CD or every release has its impetus, its, its, you know, its reason for being. Uh, what were you, what was your purpose with this? What were you looking to achieve with this release? Uh, with The Well, um, it's, uh, I think for me, it's a, it's a, there was a, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? A, um, a, a very, very practical reason behind it, as well as the artistic drive because i think i wanted to um to maintain a bit of momentum and to, um and to, almost to force myself to keep writing um and also i think also perhaps to, to to tease what was coming next because um i released a full album at the start of this year back in january um magnolia smoke which um you know seemed to be uh, getting some positive feedback positive reviews and stuff um and I think I wanted to give people a little little teaser for what's coming next. So um, there's um, well the 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 not quite title track. There is a well which opens that one. Um, I've I've put the radio edit on there um, on this new EP, and it's um, you know I'm, I'm saving the full version for the album, um, and I'm 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 hoping to give an in a little. Um, a little insight into the direction that things are going in, because um, uh, I mean, it's, you know, the, uh, the 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 next album is still very much a work in progress, and it could be a little while. So I wanted to give people a taster for that. Um, and I think with yeah, with 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 this one, I, I I'm definitely leaning further into the um, uh, the storyteller um, mindset, which. I think was there on Magnolia Smoke, but um, uh, you know, may, maybe not as 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 richly developed or as or as full. Um, and um, okay, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Now, um, of course, every good release needs you know if you the whole um, every good release needs a good song. I mean, good songs are, are the core. Uh, when you sit down as a songwriter, what, what do you do to kind of get the juices going, to kind of, you know, get the wheels turning? Um, 
I've, I've been asked this question before and it was it made me realize uh, to my alarm that i don't actually have a, a process set in stone mm-hmm. um which I, I i say in alarm because um it, it makes me worry that that one day i'll um i'll, I'll realize that my, my all my processes however um scattershot have have deserted me and i'm i'm, I'm left high and dry but but for now it's um um uh, have you have you heard of the shower principle? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the, this, the 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 notion that if if you're you're doing something mundane like taking a shower or washing the dishes or something, um, it gives your mind time to to wander because you know you're, you're focusing most of your motor skills on on this um, relatively menial task that you're doing. So. Uh, the rest of your brain has has freedom to just just roam, and a lot of the time I find that it's when doing things like that, I um, I will find little snippets of inspiration. Um, I think it it's you know it, it gives the mind a chance to to sort of sift through ideas and um, and and come up with something, and it's often um it often begins as a snippet of a melody or a um you know a, a little phrase which you know a, a, a lyric phrase which i like the sound of um and you know obviously i have to carry on and finish what i'm doing but you know i'll try and hold that in my mind and get to an instrument to a piano or a guitar as quickly as i can and 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 try and, and and pick it out or at the very least write it down um because there's been there's so many ideas which i've you know uh, i've had and then they've just been lost in the ether because i've i've got distracted by something else and i've completely forgotten them i think this is where my my my, my fear of losing the process comes in um but it's you know it's 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 become that you know more and more recently i think you know years ago i would have sat down and taken the time to to noodle around on on the piano or on the guitar or the bass or whatever um and find a little snippet of melody that i liked and sometimes i still do it's um you know it's just uh um it can be multiple processes you know yes one of the things i think technology has really brought us a lot of great tools not only as musicians but as songwriters you know everything from the cell phone where we can capture ideas you know so we don't have to lose them and, you know, down to home recording studios that we can lay out structures. Um, what are some of the things that you have found, tools that you found that uh, technology has brought us that's become, you know, invaluable to you as a writer? Um, wow. The, uh, I'll tell you what, the, 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 the small portable recording interface for, uh, you mentioned home recording and, um, uh, I'd, I'd I'd be pretty lost without that. Um, that uh, just 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 the idea that I'd be able to make um, decent quality recordings. Well, not just at home, but but you know anywhere really. Because um, if you, you've got the you've got the interface of the laptop, you can you can take it somewhere else and just and just sit there with your microphone. Um, that's been um, absolutely invaluable for for just starting to layer things and work out arrangements and. Um, um and the idea that i can i can work on these things without having to um to 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 find the time to to hire a band and get them into a studio and play through songs because um i mean i I remember 
um, when I was still working with Cherry White, we'd we'd meet up regularly and 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 rehearse and work on new material. And usually, our, usually our guitarist would 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 bring the songs and we'd we'd work through them and we'd we'd keep playing them until we were happy with how they sounded. And um, you know, I, I don't have the luxury of that time anymore. Um, I don't have the luxury of the band to hand anymore. So um, you know, I have I have to 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 stack it together and and arrange it myself. And um, being able to do that with um, there's not just the interface, but also uh, having digital recording software where you've basically got um, everything from a recording studio condensed into into a into a so- into a bit of software that that, that is all on your, your computer, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been you know inconceivable when I first started making music, um, or at least you know not not without investing huge amounts of money in your setup. Um, I, I, those two things in particular, um, it's um, it, it really is quite remarkable what software can do. And and actually, one of my um, uh, dirty secret, guilty secret, um, has been, I think, with with lots of little developments, the ability to record a lot of instruments which are traditionally very loud, electric guitars mainly, being able to record those silently. Um, because I, I could never have made these records without being able to, um, or I, was, well, I would certainly have struggled to make these records if I'd had to um, to, to get a you know a, a great big amp and stick a microphone in front of it and and find time to play it at, at the right volume and and all that. Um, all the guitar parts on um, on the well and, and on Magnolia Smoke before it, um, I, I was able to record without. Um, any noise being made, you know, apart from the, you know, the, the, the click of the pick against the strings, all the electric guitar parts were done silently, um, which, um, yeah, I know is, 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 is not necessarily a new phenomenon. I know, I know people have been doing it for a long time, but, um, but the idea that that technique could be affordable, um, you know, especially on a, on a, on a shoestring budget is, um, uh, has, has been a real lifeline for me. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Now, um, one of the one of the big buzzwords that is um, in the music industry, and it's part of the entertainment industry as a whole, um, is this whole concept of artificial intelligence. Um, you know, I know um, the, the uh, movie industry is all concerned about you know having extras being digitized and people using their likeness. Uh, but in in the music industry, there are now AI tools for the songwriter that helps you build uh, write lyrics and melodies and beats and um, you know even orchestrations um, that you know are, are developed for you. Um, these tools have been used even right now by a lot of uh, uh, people in the industry. Even Ed Sheeran had admitted that he uses some of these AI lyric tools as idea generators. What do you think AI's impact is going to be on the music industry as we move forward? Oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I know, well, I understand completely why a lot of artists are wary of it. I I wasn't aware that Ed Sheeran had, uh, had, had admitted to using it for his lyrics. That's news to me. Um, but um, it could go one or two ways, couldn't it? Because it, it ultimately, with um, 
with with music it, it it really depends on on whether or not people like what it's producing and i, I remember hearing um very early editions of 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 entire recordings which were generated by an ai engine um i think it, i think someone had, had asked um you know something something pre-chat gpt that they told it you know make make me a song which sounds a bit like frank sinatra and you know the result was disjointed and frankly unsettling to listen to it it, it, it sounded weird and creepy uh, and not in a good way but um there's um I, 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 I tell you what springs to mind and and what what what, what gave me some reassurance um I, I, I was watching 30 Rock the other night, and there was a moment when um, uh, Tina Fey's character, who was, who was a screenwriter, um, is arguing with this, this uh, Alec Baldwin's character, who's this, this uh, sort of typical um, corporate boss-type character. Uh, and he says to her, um, uh, don't be silly. Everyone knows that art is paintings of horses, um, which is obviously a very silly line, but it, 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 for me, it gets to the nub of the problem with AI. Um which is that if you reduce art or music or, or any other form of creative expression down to a set of simplistic criteria, um, then, yeah, sure, AI will be very good at replicating that for you because it's a mimic. Um, what it doesn't really have is the, the feeling that comes from the art, the feeling that not comes from the art, sorry, the feeling that inspires the art. Um, I mean, we, we, we talked about earlier about the blues being, you know, songs written about people's lived experiences. Um, and the AI, you know, if, if, if I asked ChatGPT to write a blues song, it could, it could probably, you know, generate something which might fit a lot of the criteria for what people expect from a blues song. But the you know, any lyric it comes up with is going to be, at best, uh, you know, a weird sort of pastiche of what blues singers have historically sung about. It's it, it's a mimic that knows not whereof it speaks. It's you know, it, it can it can parrot these ideas, but the 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 only way that it can write, you know, you, you can tell it to write a song in the style of Muddy Waters or write, uh, you know, a short vignette in the style of Mark Twain is because Muddy Waters and Mark Twain have already existed and it can digest their corpus of work and and copy the key features from it. Um, in terms of generating original ideas, um, I mean, arguably everyone's original ideas are to some extent a product of what the, the art that they've consumed before you know we're all influenced by the songwriters that we we love most um and the, and the songs that mean most to us but that little spark of individuality um is not going to be there because the computer doesn't have a lived experience it's not alive it's not conscious and it's not it's it's not feeling feelings um the day it does you know perhaps i need to worry but um well, and this, know, this, this is where oh, yeah. go on, go on. yeah and well, this is you know i definitely agree with you that that um ai is not going to substitute for human creativity um i think um it can be used as a tool one one of the things you had mentioned about ed sheeran 
is not that he used them for his lyrics. What he said in an interview on Swedish radio is that he uses it as an idea generator. In other words, um, as songwriters, we hear conversations, we hear, um, uh, we see a meme on Facebook or somebody, you know, um, you see a sign, you know, on, on the metro, whatever it may be that we find our inspiration and ideas from, you know, it's just another place, another tool. Uh, I remember when the drum machine first came on the scene. Um, I'm that old. Um, and everyone was in an uproar because it was going to take the human feel out of music. How could you, you know, use this tool, this machine to replace drummers? Uh, and it's now part of our toolkit, you know, as, as writers and, and artists. Uh, you know, so I see it as a tool going forward. Um, as not so much as a crutch. Um, it's not to generate, but to generate ideas or direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I think you make a good analogy with the drum machine because as we've seen, you know, decades later, it hasn't replaced drummers. It's, you know, it's very useful to 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 put together a demo when you haven't got a drummer at home. And I know... Um, uh, I can't remember what they were called. Steve Albini's uh, first band actually had a, a drum machine, uh, which they which they credited on the album sleeve. Um, but in general, you know, people use it as a as a tool for for putting demos together and things like that. Or in you know in electronic music, they're you know they're obviously a lot more prevalent. But um, but they've not uh, they've not been a wholesale replacement for for human drummers. And um, yeah, I obviously you know. Uh, generative AI is much more, um, much more expansive in what it can do than a drum machine can. But um, uh, I take your point. I think I think it's um, it, it could be useful as a tool going forward. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th I think it's one of those things you can't you can't run and hide from it forever. So sometimes it's it's worth just playing with it and seeing what it can generate I'd, I'd i'd be quite curious to 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 you know tell one of them to 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 generate something for me and see what came out but um well you know and that's the, the you know i've i've played with it a couple times you know to see what what it would would generate and there were there were rough diamonds within the chafe you know what i mean yeah, there were ideas that said, "Wow, you know, that's that's a cool little line, you know, or you know, that's something I didn't." And, and all of a sudden, you start taking it into a new direction, um, you know. And I, it, I mean, let's face it, it's coming. It is. We're not going to stop. Yes. Um, it's just now. How do we, as creative individuals, uh, take this technology? And put it to a creative, um, and into a creative way, utilize it in a creative way. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I, um, I, I, I could see, I, I could see it being useful as an idea generator. If you're, if you're really stuck for inspiration, I think. 
even just telling it to because I suppose a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the inspiration I take is from just what I read, um, and I think asking a computer to to generate you know give me give me a you know short story in a um, in a in a in a paragraph for example. Um, because you know you, you can say a lot with um, with uh, with a, f- a few sentences if you use them wisely enough, right. and I think that could be um, could actually be a very good jumping off point as a little kernel to to expand from and to grow it. Right, um, as a cedar. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, there, there is a cynical part of me which 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 says, well, I, I I could just pick up a book and do that, but you know that's no guarantee of success either. So. Um, um, so uh, yeah, perhaps that could be a shortcut to getting an idea. Mm. Must have been I've not considered it um, in that application before, but um, um, but uh, yes, I shouldn't write it off. Now, um, tell me a little bit about the lineup on this. Who's on this with you? Uh, well, time for the big reveal. Um, it's me. Oh, okay. Um, so the you play all the parts. Uh, on this one, yes, um, the uh, the sort of open secret about the Elephant Collective is that the Elephant Collective is not a permanent band. Um, I think one of the things I uh, one of the decisions I made with when I started up this project was that I um, I, I wouldn't have a, a fixed band in place, um, partly because you know I. I uh, I, I, I wasn't sure who'd be interested in, in, in playing with it at the time, but I thought, I, I'll have this fluid lineup. I know a lot of musicians from, um, well, all over the place in different times and that. Um, and uh, every so often, well, certainly back in the early days, there's been there's been occasions when, when a few people have got together and the Elephant Collective has been who I've had on stage with me. Um, but I thought, rather than trying to keep a band interested on retainer whatever um in the studio i will do as much as i can myself um and i'll i'll summon a band when i need one for for live performances and um not on this one on previous releases i've i've had some guest musicians um which has always, always been nice to expand the, the the musical palette i've got to work with um but um yeah the the, the elephant collective is um is, is this sort of uh, um, very vague concept that uh, that is a little formless, a little transient, whatever I want it to be. Um, so on this occasion, um, it's all me. Okay. Now, um, you know, one of the things um, about in the music industry that's kind of, and no pun intended, the elephant in the room here, uh, <laughs> is the consumer has really embraced streaming as a way to consume music. You know, I know people say, well, you know, I still sell CDs at gigs or, you know, vinyl is is now outselling CDs. Well, if you think about it, it's kind of hard to sell CDs when you can't even get a CD player. You can't get one in a new car or whatever. And for the consumer, it's a real no-brainer. I mean, you know, for... Ten, four, fifteen dollars, or whatever it is, uh, over in England, you know, a month, and you have access to pretty much everything that's been recorded in the last hundred years. Um, how has this? You know, one of the things that 
that has happened is, is the consumer has no, no longer looks at recorded music as a product. It's now a service. Um, how has that shift in perception by the consumer uh, affected you as an artist? The, uh, the sad thing is I don't know a world without it because by the time I was making and releasing music, Spotify was, you know... Um, was, was was very much an established thing and um and and you know even before it became as, as dominant as it was today there were plenty of sites like well, youtube obviously had music on and uh groove shark deezer last fm you know there was there was well, there are still lots of them they're just you know most of them have been elbowed out of the way by by the competition um so uh yeah i um i, I think i've i've just had to uh to, to adapt to uh, uh a, a, an ecosystem where streaming is a thing and um it's it's a bit of a paradox for musicians because unless you have the clout of someone like taylor swift you can't just say right that's it i'm taking my music off spotify i mean you can but um you know good luck being found by people so i basically have to be on there i think the way for an artist to look at it is to treat it like a search engine um, because unless you're, well, again, unless you have the listenership of, of Taylor Swift or someone of that, that sort of, um, uh, someone with that sort of audience, you're always going to be, you know, picking up pennies a month from it. And it's, um, you know, it, it, it is a lousy system for the musicians, for the artist's point of view, but, um, I, I, I do not know what the answer is. Hmm. So... I think the the best thing for a musician to do is to um, is is to treat it very much as a search engine and to find a way to to, to find a way to find your audience on there, um, which is something I, I feel I'm still very much working at. Um, you know, I'm 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 not raking in lots of of, of followers via Spotify, but um, um, but you know, it's it's algorithm driven. If you know. If it decides that there's enough of a crossover between, you know, the music you're making and 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 somebody more established is making, then then you've just got to hope that it will start recommending your music to, to people and enough of those people will take an interest in what you're doing. Which sounds a bit bleak, a bit pessimistic, um, but uh, that feels like the nature of the beast, really. Um, I mean, the, 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 you know, it's it's not it's not to say that that, that the digitization of music is necessarily a bad thing because it's 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 wonderful having this convenience where we can we can take megabytes gigabytes of, of music around on our on our phones, um, you know, and, and and connect those to the car stereo now instead of, of a CD player. Um, but um, yeah, the, the 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 streaming aspect has has made it more difficult because you know. You're not um, you're not selling the uh, the downloaded track directly, or um, you're you're licensing it to to Spotify to do with as they please, and and they they give you pennies cents back on it, um, and uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. It's it's it, it would it's it's too simplistic to say, well, just pay the artists more, but um, you know, um, they they seem to have every excuse under the sun for not doing that. So I don't know where we go from there. <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of the things, if you kind of look at the timeline of the digital revolution, you know, we, we started with, you know, like LimeWire and Napster and 
Uh, everyone said, oh, we're not going to get rid of these. They're going to be around forever. You can't stop it. Yada, yada. Then along comes Apple, and they start selling iPods, and there's iTunes, and the 99-cent download was big, and everyone exclaimed, oh, Apple now owns the music industry. They'll be around forever. Uh, then along comes Spotify, you know, and dominates the industry with, you know, with streaming and, you know, oh, you know, Spotify owns the industry. They're not going to be around forever. There is going to be a next generation. Um, and one of the things I'm watching are these new streaming platforms that have been developed utilizing the blockchain, that technology that secures cryptocurrency. And one of the big advantages of this is that it is a decentralized system. In other words, no person or company can own that chain, own that service. It's owned by the users and the content creators that put their content on it. Um, and they also are claiming that it only takes 20% of the incoming revenue to run the network. The other 80 can be sent back to the artists since there is no profit generation here other than, you know, the network running. Um, so it's a new kind of business model for streaming where it's a direct connection between fan and artist like uh, Audius, uh, Emanate, um, Audio Lux, these are all new streaming services that I think as the large artists start going to them, the, the fan base will follow. You know what I mean? What do you think of this as a, a new kind of way of doing streaming? I must admit, this is this is news to me. I've not uh, I've not come across these platforms before. Um, I. Um, I, I am a little skeptical about uh, cryptocurrency and um, and NFTs as a as a long term thing, uh, but that may just be because I don't understand them fully. Um, I mean, the whole the whole thing with NFTs does seem to be getting a bit strange and surreal at the moment. Well, um, yeah, the NFT thing. Let me tell you something. I I tried real. I mean, I really had a hard time wrapping my head around it as well. Um, I did not see value in an 8-bit crypto punk, you know, uh, or crypto kitty or whatever that, that was. But when you take that concept and you bring it into the music industry, which I, this company did that uh, called Royal.io, and what they did now is they now allow you to create these NFTs that represent a small portion of either your streaming royalties or um, your publishing royalties, whatever you want to you know, assign it to. And one of the rap artists did this. What he did is he took two songs from his last release and he made enough of these NFTs to cover one half of each song sold it to his fan base, was able to raise almost $600,000 in upfront income. He now has a, a, a base of like over 3,000 fans that have an economic interest 
in making sure his music is streamed because they get paid. They own a piece of that royalty. And top of that, these things are bought and sold on an open market. He makes a commission on every resale of that NFT in perpetuity. This could eliminate record companies as we know it and make a direct fan artist connection where fans can now buy stock in an artist or even into uh, their favorite song. What do you think of that as a potential business model? Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned um, they're buying stock because that that did, what you just described did sound an awful lot to me like you know the conventional stock market where where it's it's you know little slivers of a company which are being um, you know traded back and forth. Um, and I guess that's not an option that's been open to most artists before. So the idea that you could open it up by by the sound of it chopping up slices of a song, um, so that your fans own that. That's um, it's it's it sounds quite surreal, but um, quite bizarre. But uh, I I could see that working. I because I, I, I suppose the um, 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 the ah sorry brain fade. <laughs> um, I, I I suppose that that relationship has not existed in the past where it's. Uh, well, I mean, you've had things like crowdfunding where people have been able to to invest in what you're creating, but they've they've not stood to to profit from it financially, right. um, which uh, feels you know awfully business-like almost. But you know, I suppose well, it, you know that they, is the name of the business that you do business. Absolutely, and I suppose it's it's getting something back other than just the the art that you enjoy. Um, yeah, I would be very interested to see how that develops. Um, I bet it sounds like I should take a closer look at these platforms if they're, uh, if they're taking off. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's some major artists behind some of this. Um, uh, Katy Perry is, is, uh, is uh, one of the people supporting Audius, uh, as, you know, as well as Jason Derulo. Um, you know, so, you know, the, these, these technologies are here. And they are poised to be the next generation, the next way, you know, uh, of how the music industry is going to operate. The big thing now, I think, for independent artists is making sure that we get a seat at this table. Uh, what yes. happened, you know, when, when Napster started this whole digital revolution, the artists themselves were always a step behind. You know, the industry was being driven by initially the fans, but then when the corporation started to take over, the artists kind of were, were left behind the eight ball. They kind of were just being dragged along. We need to be at the forefront of this new technology so we can guide its, its um, direction where it is fair and equitable, you know? Definitely. Um yeah, no, I, I know, I know what you mean about uh, you know being left behind. I feel like I'm often playing catch up. Just uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all all these new things uh, are things I, I hear about. You know, a few months in and go, oh right, uh, we're, we're doing this now, are we? And it's um, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Um, it's it's been it's uh, I've, uh, 
I've been caught on the back foot a lot of times with um, with with way things developed, and it would be good to uh, to get ahead of that for a change. Yeah, and you know, if you really kind of look at it, we're we're heading in that direction where there is that that direct uh, fan artist connection. You know, like you had mentioned Taylor Swift, she is a genius at developing her fan base and giving them that feeling that they are at a personal connection with her and the things that she does outside of music. You know, it's it's a, it's kind of a reality show mentality. And uh, when the pandemic hit, a lot of artists went on the internet. They started to do live streams and, and some of them started to realize, hey, this is a great tool by utilizing content and social media I can basically create a branding opportunity where I can brand myself to a fan base and start growing them like, you know, like funnel marketing. Um, What are some of the things you're doing on social media and with content that's helping you get your word out, you know, your brand and word out on this new release? Um, so one of the most uh, regular things I've been doing is is live streaming, um, which uh, was something I'd, a lot of people have suggested I should try doing it before the pandemic. Um, and I tried it a few times, but I couldn't quite get into it. And I think it was only you know when we were all shut up in our homes and couldn't go out that, that I started doing it in earnest, partly because you know I had nowhere else to go in the evenings. So... Um, you know, in the in the early stages, I was doing it three times a week, and um, I think um, you know a lot, a lot of people were um, were yeah, not just to me, obviously to, to to all the artists that they that they they tuned in to watch. I think a lot of people were very grateful for uh, for being able to enjoy some live music when they couldn't go out because it was the only way to do it, and it's not the same as as a conventional gig, but um, you know we had to make do with what we could could do and um as you know restrictions have eased off and everyone's going out again i've actually found it's the best way for me to play regularly for an audience because um you know um i it, it's not practical for me to be out on the road all the time like a lot of artists are um and a lot of my fans are scattered in little pockets around the globe, um, not just around the UK, as some in the US, some in Canada, um, even a handful down in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and the fact is that by, you know, live streaming, I can reach all of them um, simultaneously without, you know, I, I, it's, it's the only way I can be in, in multiple places at once. And um, um, Obviously, the interest in 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 from the audience point of view in live streaming has, has, has dropped off because people can now go out to, to conventional gigs again. But um, a lot of people can't. A lot of people don't have the time um, or, or the means to get out and see the artists they want to see. So it's a good way for me to connect with um, with, uh, with with people who I would otherwise struggle to reach. Um, and, uh, yeah, beyond that, it's... Um, I feel, I feel like it's a it's a constant uh, um, battle to to try and find people who are interested in what I'm doing. Um, 
and I think I, I'm, I'm I'm still working on that. I'm still working on who the um, who the, the the archetype fan of of Ralph Beebe and the Elephant Collective is. Um, you know what 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 characteristics define them? What other artists do they like? Um, and I think um, you know I, I I I'm very hopeful. I remain optimistic that um, that that when I I, I dial in that combination and um, and, and can reach those people more effectively then uh, then things will will pick up rapidly but um yeah we'll have to see okay well you know i really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us um it's been a real pleasure and we're going to give everyone out there in indie blues double shot from your new release you guys are going to love this
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
He brings hope to a stranger And when he moves I'm hearing lust get it all Take me down 
The moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
up, baby. What? What you got to say to me, sir? Well, I just want to say I've been thinking. You've been thinking? That's a dangerous thing, Mooncat. Yeah, I've been thinking, uh, you know, I think that I could excel to new heights if maybe I was single again. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I'd go further on without you. <laughs> I think you might go further on all the way to lock up without me. <laughs> Not again. Let's sleep on it. I'd be better with you gone. Then why don't you move along? I'd be at my best without you here. Smoking dope and drinking beer. I'd be the king of New Orleans. And in Angola by the spring. That's funny. Why don't we sleep? No, I have me. 
sweet You can be kind Have a clean body And a dirty mind I can't help
quick draw 45 Hold you tight till they put me in the cold hard ground Steal you like an outlaw Love to be your downfall I'd kill to drive you crazy Say my name now, come on baby Pull back those satin sheets Slide over here with me I'll make you feel like a real woman should Love you like To be your downfall I'd kill to drive you crazy Say my name now, come on baby Pull back those satin sheets Slide over here with me I'll make you feel like a real woman should Gonna make you feel like a real woman should Love you like Eastwood Love you like
blood Cause it's with me all the time The calm before the flood When the leather breaks Grab yourself some steel Cause when I get this thing going Well, things get This is Grania Duffy, I'm in Indie Blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circus.
shows, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
That's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingthescene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on the show tonight, add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadu. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Dr. Face left home with my friend. I gone, lost my dog.